Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So we think we might have found the reason for why golf is dying, Guy, what do you reckon? I disagree, but let's discuss it. Yeah, so someone's put in a new uh, Rick Shields Golf Podcast group on Facebook that there is a reason why golf might be dying, and we're going to talk about that a bit in that podcast, so I'm excited to get onto that. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Uh, we've got another action-packed episode. We're going to fly through a load of things and also round it off with a Q&A from social media, which I'm excited about as well. Um, and I'm back from holiday. Finally. You missed me? Yeah. Um, you were can gone. You say, can about... you say that a bit more convincingly? <laughs> um, I didn't really miss you. No, I, I did miss you to some degree. Um, you were away for a long time. Was it a month you had off? <laughs> I was away for 10 days, so, um, but it, it kind of crossed over a couple of weekends. Yeah, I went away with the family, uh, had a lovely time. I'd like to say relaxed, but that would be a lie. Having three children. After a week, you were craving to come back. I was. Don't I tell, tell the wife. <laughs> don't, tell, don't tell the wife. But I couldn't put my phone down after about three days, if I'm honest with you. Um, yeah, lovely hotel. Went over to Tenerife. Been there a few times in December. It's nice. Obviously, it's lovely warm weather down there. So it's actually, considering it's so cold here, it's nice to get away. But with three kids, and they're all quite young, five, three, and one, um, it was it was tough work. Me and me and my wife need another holiday now, so we're gonna. I reckon we're gonna book somewhere in January. It was worth it for the likes. The pictures you dropped on social absolutely blew up. Well, that's the only reason I do it. Let's be honest. Fifteen and a half thousand likes on Instagram. And correct me if I'm wrong. Is that the most liked picture you've ever put on? No. So, is it up there though? It's top six. Top six. Nineteen point six thousand is the number one liked post of me playing golf in night golf. Oh yeah. But then. For personal, you know, actual personal. But I think, you know, I'd, I'd like to give a bit of an insight to the family and the kids. Yeah. I don't like to post it too much because it can, you know, not everyone wants to see them. And, and you know, I don't want to put my kids through that either. But there it's, was nice, a, it's nice to pop them out every now and again. That comment on Facebook I saw when somebody said they'd been scrolling down the feed and thought, like, who's this guy that I'm friends with? And then realized it was you in normal clothes. And we're like, oh, yeah, that's Rick. <laughs> they're not, they're used to seeing me in a Nike hat yeah. and, and my golf clubber. And uh, I didn't take my clubs. I, uh, I, you know, I don't on holiday, let's be honest. One, because I think it wouldn't go down particularly well. And also, I want 
uh, completely away from golf when I'm away. So even though I was, I was actually staying in Golf del Sur in Tenerife, which is surrounded by golf courses and all look very nice, uh, I was also quite glad not to play any golf. So mm. uh, like I say, recharge the batteries, ready for Christmas. But um, as I mentioned, I feel like I've come back this week and I've, I just need I need firing back up because you know what it's like you come back from holiday it's a bit cold it's a bit horrible here and i feel like i'm coming down with something i feel like i've got a cold already well it was um it was hard for me while you're away because obviously as you well know and the listeners will will soon learn we've got a dartboard in the office and i've got a sore right arm because while you're away i threw a lot of darts is that the only reason yeah um yeah it's definitely the only reason <laughs> yeah yeah at the moment we've got a little bit of a running tally in the office i've uh I don't like to boast, but I've got a 140 with three darts so far. It's my best. No 180s yet. And I think you have you matched it with 140? I got a 140. I think I was obviously two treble 20s and then a 20. That's what you got as well, I think, but right? My Yours was good, to be fair. Dart. Yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> not very. Rick Shields uh, darts. That's yeah, a new not, channel we're bringing out. <laughs> yeah, Rick Shields dartboard reviews. <laughs> How much easier would it be to review darts and dartboard? Like, we wouldn't have to worry about weather. True. We wouldn't have to worry about, you know, Golf. Right, guys, I'm reviewing some new flights today. <laughs> They've got the Union Jack on. It's just been so much easier. There wouldn't be so much bother about cost. Actually, I bet some darts cost a lot of money. Anyway, yes. we'll get off that subject. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was nice to get away and then build up to Christmas. You know what? It's crazy coming back because the office is filled with boxes of new products. The wall, we've got a whiteboard wall. And we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven products that's going to be coming out in the next month or so, just over a month. And there's some monsters. Yeah. So if you're not familiar and you might now have started to see a bit more of a trend if you've been following golf media for the last few years, a lot of the big um, manufacturers um, drop their drivers end of the year slash early next year. So already we've seen Cobra. We've seen only Cobra. I think that's all the big ones. we can talk about. Yeah. yeah, that's actually out, out. So coming out in January, the the um, the the embargo. I don't like to use these terms in a, on a podcast, but that lifts early January, and you'll start to see drivers from other brands, very popular brands, and it'll be interesting to see what they bring out mm. this year. We've seen the product, and um, some of it is exciting, some of it is less inspiring, but um, you know. Sometimes the less inspiring ones are the ones that surprise me the most. Dark a bit horses. like F9 last, yeah. last year. F9, I wasn't that bothered about. It just didn't excite me that much. And I actually tested it. I was like, whoa, this thing is a bloody rocket. Yeah. So yeah, all those reviews. So January, just to give you a heads up, on social media, certainly on YouTube, it is going to be review season. It'll be review after review after review. I do plan to post some coaching videos in there just to break it up because I understand that everybody is uh, obsessed with the review market. So, but like I say, January is just going to be crazy season. New drivers, some real, I know it sounds ridiculous, this, but some really cool putters mm-hmm. that are coming out in January, which I'm excited to test. Um, and, and some wedges and maybe one set of irons. So stay tuned, make sure you are subscribed to the YouTube channel so you don't miss out on any of the action coming your way. Um, and on that point, it's probably going to be early January before you actually see another YouTube video from me because um, with the amount of product testing I've got to do, um, we don't take product testing lightly. I like to go through every single product and give it a full review. I think on YouTube, 
you might see a review video which is eight minutes long you know and that's what we somewhere around that 10 minute mark i like to make it informative entertaining engaging um, give you guys as a viewer the relevant information cut through the bs that the marketing companies try and push down our throats and give you the truth but also make it entertaining i love making close-ups giving you the best possible close-ups etc and testing it on gc quad giving you numbers but not bombarding you with numbers um, and believe it or not every single product that we test takes so mm-hmm. bloody long you yeah. know i think it's i think it's sometimes not particularly uh, and i don't want people to know it takes that long because they don't need to know they just want to i just want them to enjoy a you know a 10 minute video on it but it might be the case you get products we've gone through all the, the marketing or the the um bump on the product which takes hours to you know go through everything make sure we've read everything thoroughly make sure we understand the product to its finest extent then close-ups take forever and because I, I really pride myself on that, making sure we're out on the golf course, making sure it's a nice day, then testing it in the academy, typically on GC Quad. Again, that's not quick. I hit you know lots and lots of golf shots uh, and give the average numbers of those golf shots. And just on that point, and it was something that possibly we should have mentioned the SZ or SZ. I'm going to start calling it SZ. You have to I say think, from I think now on. from now on it's called the SZ because we got the amount of comments people got actually upset and offended. And the only reason that we and you were calling it SZ was that's what Cobra came to us and said this is the new SZ. And we just well, that that's what it's called. Yeah, it's called the SZ. And as much as the UK, we call it as as I'm confused now. No, we said they said SZ. <laughs> And we know it as S Z. Weirdly, though, I think we weren't thinking of it as being the two letters. It was almost like the name is S Z. If yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that was just the name of it. So anyway, apologise for everyone that got offended because I called it Z. But bloody hell, the comments was ridiculous. Just a quick one. Also, um, a quick apology to all the people that you offended by um, ripping people that have got iron head covers. Oh. Um, what all of three people? There's a lot of people who've said three I use iron head covers, Rick. <laughs> or the old blots from the channel on the <laughs> podcast. Um, and something I didn't mention in that video is that people say, well, you didn't test it off-centered hits. Mm. Well, I didn't, you know, I didn't allude to that because when I test, I don't hit the center all the I time. I can vouch for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I hit, I, I hit all parts of the face. You know, I, I keep it in some level of a of a circumference. It's hard to purposely hit exactly. miss, miss shots. Yeah. So what I do is I probably hit, I don't know, sometimes it varies on the products, but I might hit... 40 to 50 shots with each club and then use the average of those data so some of them are pured out the middle 100 percent. you know i can't hit any better and often they'll hit off-centered slightly healy slightly toey slightly high slightly low um and as an average then that's the numbers i put into my um, optimum performance chart to show you guys what the the performance of that driver is as an all-round product that's a good point i think some people, obviously, you are, compared to the average club golfer or the average golfer, you know, a very, very competent and good, good golfer. That was, that was hard for you to say that. It was hard to say. Not better than me, but you're all right. But, you know, you're not a tour pro, which obviously, you know, a lot of people understand, but some people kind of don't. So they think that when you review a club, oh, well, he's a pro, I can't relate to that. But you miss the middle, like, you hit bad shots. And people said that, like you said on the comments, oh, you know, what, like, from not from the centre. Well, a lot of those shots weren't from the sweet spot. It's just a generic you know, average of the golf shots. If you hit a horrendous one that was just you, not the club, maybe we'll delete it because there's no point ruining the results by a... A top. A, yeah, exactly. Oh, something, yeah, something silly. But that overall results include little bits of toes, low heels, high off the top, etc. So just, you know, going forward, if people wonder that, we do include a, a vast array of golf shots into the results. 
So once we've done that, then out on the golf course to test it. And again, that takes time. I want to test it on a nice day. I want to test it in the right situations. If it's a driver, you know, I want to test it on good looking tees to make my video look good. So overall, each product might take three or four days just mm. to film. Then it gets into the edit. Then my team, you know, go hard at editing it. Uh, I've got two Very wonderful, slow. two wonderful editors who who edit the podcast, uh, who edit the podcast, who edit the videos. Um, so that then goes through, and it might, might take three or four more days mm. after that. So, um, so anyway, long story short, you might not see a video till January because genuinely, the amount of products that are out in January are going to take the whole of my Christmas period and the whole team's Christmas period to review. Um, and then bloody weather here in the UK at the moment is shocking. So that's driving me nuts as well. Mm. I think we need to go to Dubai for at least two weeks every yeah. winter. Um, but yeah, stay tuned for that. Like I say, loads of really good, exciting reviews. Um, and I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm excited to see what's coming up. But, and there's going to be a slight different change to the review style as well, which I think you'll like. Mm. Um, a little bit more of a journey. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I think going back, I think we mentioned it in a podcast a couple of weeks ago when I mentioned about starting the YouTube channel, how testing club reviews, I was pretty much the first person to show numbers, um, and you know, standing in the driving range bay and hit golf shots. Well, that's been milked to its nearest. Mm. I don't know how to pronounce think, that anymore. I think it's been milked a lot, that, that formula. Another thing on club reviews, we kind of see two comments quite a lot that actually contradict each other. So the first comment we see is, all golf clubs are the same now, what's the point of reviewing them? That's one comment. The next comment we see quite a lot is then, why are you talking about looks and feel so much? I don't care how a club looks as long as it works. But back to the first comment, it is true to some degree that a lot of golf clubs now are very similar in terms of overall performance because they're all bloody good. So therefore, if you are a consumer going out spending £400, £500 or dollars of your hard-earned cash in a driver, obviously you want one that works, but let's be honest, they're all going to work. You want to buy a golf club that you like the look of, that you like the feel of, you like the sound of. Silly things like the colour might attract you, like the, the head, head cover. cover. Exactly. Like I think people sometimes overlook that or want to come across like that shouldn't matter, but it does. If you're spending money on a matters. product, get one that you like the look of. It'd be like buying a suit, you know, and, and every suit, to some extent, it's the same. But if you're going to buy a suit and spend a lot of money, you want it to look good, you want mm. it to feel good, you want to you want to feel proud of it, as opposed to just picking a suit that's not particularly right for yeah. you or whatever it may be. So, um, yeah, have a... I, I think looks are massively important. Feel, sound, all of those things. And then performance, obviously, then rounds it all up as well. But even test I've seen um, recently, I think My Golf Spy have just released their driver test. Um there was considerable difference mm -hmm. between the top performing and the worst performing. So to say all products are the same now, I disagree with because there is differences still. You know, certain brands don't perform as good as other brands in certain categories. And certainly different hands. So a low spinning M5 weight push to the front, etc. is going to perform differently to a, a Ping um, G410 Plus, for example. Um, and another thing, slightly off topic... Um, I see a lot of comments. People, what we've said about you know what drive you're looking forward to this year or whatever it might be. A lot of people now come with this answer as, "Oh, it doesn't matter. Just get lessons." Old Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, old Lewis Hamilton. You will get blocked if you. <laughs> no, but a lot of people come in this. Oops, coming in this approach now of um, you know, oh, you should get lessons, which obviously, and you're a PJ pro who gives lessons, so lessons are important. 
But a question I kind of want to put towards you, admittedly, a slightly loaded question, but obviously lessons are important to help you get better at golf and they're going to get you better at golf or they should do than new clubs would. But I also don't think people should apologise for wanting new clubs and not yeah. wanting lessons because lessons are not necessarily expensive but take commitment, take practice. If you play once a week, you've got a busy job, you've got a family, you don't really you don't really want to practice too much and certainly don't want to have lessons and practice what you've been told to work on, but you want some nice, shiny new clubs. That can actually sometimes incentivise you more so to then go and practice because you want to use and shine new clubs and play more and actually get more out of the game. So, so what I'm trying to get to is... Did you think too many people are focusing on lessons too much and not actually just going out and just buying new clubs if they want them? Does that make sense? <sighs> Obviously, I am on one side of the fence because I'm a golf coach and I do genuinely believe, and I've seen it every single time, golfers will get better with the right instruction, with the right changes made at the right time, with the correct amount of information explained correctly vast differences can be made to golfers. Not all golfers. Some golfers are pretty tight and the changes are not as vast. But most golfers can make differences. With going out and buying new products to make you feel better, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't disagree with it. Uh, no one should be ashamed about it. Nobody should be apologetic about it. If you want a, a new driver, go and buy a new driver. If you want a new shiny golf club, go and buy new shiny golf clubs. As much as you know, there's no statistics to say you'll play better because of that. You walking on the driving range with your cocky swag because you've got a new mm-hmm. set of clubs can only be a benefit. Yeah. You know, even, even it sounds daft, even if I sometimes wear, you know, play golf in an outfit that I particularly like or yeah. a pair of shoes that I really, you know... I Red think polo. I look, yeah, I think I look sick in it. Like, I feel more confident. Yeah. I feel like I'm walking a bit more, you know, tiger-esque, etc. So you know, when I get to the golf course, I feel like I'm going to play better. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I think feelings are sometimes overlooked. Confidence is sometimes overlooked. It can come from a multiple different ways of getting confidence. You golfers will experience confidence because they know that they're getting the correct positions. I'm using that term very loosely in my, you know, to talk in a golf swing that might give them confidence they might have confidence that they've been for a coaching session and the coach says you need to work on this this and this that gives them confidence or other golfers might just breed confidence from the fact they've got the shiniest golf clubs and the most expensive kit or they've they dress the best or whatever it may be okay i've got a question for you now i'm taking it to the extreme so i'm aware i'm doing this i think lessons of well i know lessons obviously make a massive difference and they will improve you more than golf clubs but i think there's some elements of golf club has to be involved in that as well because imagine somebody comes to you for a lesson the new golfer not particularly good obviously because they're a new golfer they've got a driver that's a seven degree driver with weights pushed to the front they've got a triple x flex 80 gram driver shaft i'm being silly here but they've got a stupid driver what would make more difference to their game one lesson or going out and actually buying a driver that would be ten and a half regular with a forgiving high MOI? Uh, it's hard. I don't know. I don't know the answer. I, I would... It'd be one of those things that if if they did come for a lesson, it'd be disgusting and, and almost I'd instantly get them into a driver yeah. using just one of mine in my bay. You know, here's a 12-degree driver with regular shaft and, like you say, central gravity back. Here you go, hit this. The, I think the problem is if they would have been hitting that driver at the driving range and really struggled, they might have caused some really bad habits. Mm, yeah. And that driver itself that they've been using may have actually damaged that golfer's swing and technique. 
Um, so therefore, you've got to rep- repair that swinging technique because they've been trying to use an instrument that's not been helping them. But yeah, I, I think golf improvement in some ways can be done in loads of different ways. I think it is a, a real, um, what do you kind of call it? Like a, almost a, like a pizza, let's say. <laughs> like I, don't, I think it's like a pie, but like a there's pizza. There's all different parts to that. So you've got to have the right clubs, you've yeah, got to have lessons, you've yeah. got to be prepared to practice. That's true. And, yeah. and I think I think everybody's pizza makeup would be different. So you might say, well, actually, I see, I can contr- uh, contribute only one of those slices to lessons and three of those slices to clubs. Mm-hmm. This might be an eight slice pizza, by the way. Um, and then two of it for the amount of practice I put in and one of it for the way I dress or whatever it may be. Others might say, well, actually, I, I'm going to put six of those slices into yeah. lessons and one of those, whatever. So another one then, I don't know how to talk about lessons so much, I'm quite enjoying this, is I got down to like three or three handicaps was my best, so decent enough. What did you turn pro off? Three, two, three, three four? Yeah. So three, I had about three lessons in my life. How many lessons did you have? Genuinely, before I turned pro... Okay, let me... I'm going to change this right. So, how many lessons do they have? I've actually had that many lessons in my life. From 11, when I started, mm-hmm. to the age of 16, Yeah, I reckon I could count the amount of lessons I had on one hand. Right. So, so five or less. From 16 to 18, when I went to college, yeah. it was almost lessons every other week. Really? Because okay? that was at golf college. Mm-hmm. So, it was, it was part of the course, really. I think it would have been different if I was paying for those lessons externally. I probably wouldn't have had as many. Mm-hmm. But I still genuinely believe I improved more in two years between 13 to 15, having two or three lessons. I played a lot by as well. playing yeah. a lot and practicing a lot competitively than when I was 16 to 18, where I probably played less because I was at college. Mm-hmm. I had lessons more often, but I... Um, I didn't improve as quickly. Now, because a lot, some of that comes down to the fact that it was harder to improve at that stage. So probably from 13 to 15 age, I probably came down from 20 to 10. Yeah. 10 shots, 12 shots, whatever it may be. Where from 16 to 18, I probably came down two or three shots. Um, but it was harder anyway because yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's hard to measure that. But you have I think to practice, one of my, don't you, with your lessons? I think you've got to practice. You've got because... Obviously, you see it quite a lot of people come come for lessons, and it's very rare that you're going to say to somebody, you've got to change X, Y, and Z. They just do it, and that's it. It's changed for life. They've got to go to the practice range, what, for three or four weeks, two or three weeks at Definitely. least, and practice it. It'd be a bit like me. If I, you know, I've been to many personal trainers in my time, and if I only went for one personal training session every other week, I'm not going to change mm-hmm. what I'm doing. I've got to go for either a lot of personal training sessions, which works, or have a personal training session, and then follow it up with regular sessions back in the gym, etc. Like you, for example, you mm. go to the gym a lot, but you don't have personal training sessions. Yeah. But you go to a gym a, not, a lot and you know you, you know your way around the gym, so it kind of works. But um, I think that's the only challenge with golf. I think sometimes the more work you put in doesn't always actually mean you become better. Yeah, You know, if it's work that's wasted, if it's time that's wasted at the driving range because you're just not practicing the right things, then it, you can actually get sometimes get worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the biggest challenges where if you went to the gym every day and worked your socks off, you get fitter, you get stronger, unless you sit on the treadmill, a uh, uh, bike, reading the newspaper, you're not yeah. going to change anything. But if you push yourself, you can, the hard, the more you put in with 
other sports, the more out you get. Golf isn't always like that. It can become quite a challenge and you've got to put in the right amount of work on the right things to see the best benefits. I agree. Makes sense. Shall we move on to the Facebook group controversy? Controversy. (laughs) It's not controversy whatsoever. (laughs) So... Josh Cotton, who has actually got the badge of conversation starter, which is really good. So thanks so much, Josh, for um, starting conversations. It says next to his badge that Josh and 224 others are consistently creating meaningful discussions with their posts. So that's really good. Thanks so so much. um, This is by no means, obviously, anything against... By the way, the group is killing it. It's really good. I love the group. How many followers have we Four and Members 4,600, I think it is, which is really good. So Josh has said, and I get his point, but I've actually commented against his point, so let's discuss it now. He's put, holy crap, how can this price be justified? This is what's killing golf. So it's a picture of a Scotty Cameron from a UK retailer. Well, we can say it, American, American Golf. American Golf, at £579. So I'm going to look at his point in, in two points. So, holy crap, how can this price be justified? I don't really think it can be justified. It's not going to help you put any better. It's not got really any technology in it that anything else for half the price or a third of the price has got. Just a quick one. This is, by the way, the putter in reference is a Scotty Cameron, Trillium, Fastback 1.5 T22. So it's the new Trillium putter. It's like a half mallet, kind of well, a mallet yeah. shape with a black with like a nice one, white that's line. What, that's where the 1.5 comes in. It's like a the half shape. mallet. So... I don't think you really can kind of justify that as such. The same way, I don't think the price. it's 579 yeah. sterling, so it's like $600 roughly. Again, we use this analogy a lot. I don't think you can justify a £600 Hermes belt. It's ludicrous, but it's up to that consumer. What I didn't agree with is when he said, this is what's killing golf. And I actually commented back saying, you know, why is the price this put of killing golf? Because nobody has to spend that much. And I put a little picture of a Slazenger putter that was £10.99. So Which is quite a similar shape as well. It actually is. Um, By the way, if you want to see any of those pictures, guys, go and check out the Rick Shields Golf podcast on Facebook. I know that everyone's got Facebook, but it's definitely a really good group. If you've not got Facebook, sign up for it because it's worth, uh, worth checking out. So it leads me on to this discussion a bit of, of obviously what kind of Josh is saying. I do think he's got a point in as much that prices of golf clubs certainly getting dearer. And we've talk, talked about this in a lot of the reviews well, you know, now a lot of the drivers are four fifty, five hundred pounds, whereas even three to four years ago they weren't that much. Iron sets now from a lot of the premium brands are over a thousand pounds. Again, three or four years ago they were nowhere near that much. But you know, if you look at other markets, you can go out and buy a, a Bugatti Veyron for what one million two. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A million dollars. You can also buy a Ford Fiesta for a few thousand pounds. So... Not everybody has to go out and buy that Scotty Cameron. So I kind of get what he's getting at to some degree, but I also don't think it's killing golf in any way, shape or form. I, yeah, I can't argue with that. I think I think let's go, like I say, if I was to break those two down, holy crap, how can this price be justified? Um, it, it does. It, did you mention it doesn't have to be justified? Yeah. It's Scotty Cameron. Scotty Cameron is a very, very popular Scott, you know, putter maker in the recent Presidents Cup. Out of the twenty-four players that played, twelve of them used Scotty Cameron putters. Um, he, the, you know, Tigers used it for donkeys years. He's Scotty Cameron, the franchise, the guy who behind it. They make beautiful putters that have tour recognized credibility. So. With regards to justifying that price, he doesn't massively have to, but it wouldn't surprise me. Some of his putters, really rare ones, go for thousands of pounds and dollars. So it is expensive, 100%. And then back to the point, it, this is what's killing golf. You don't have to buy it. Mm-hmm. You That is not a mandatory tool you have to buy nope. to play golf. You don't need that putter at all. You There's so many putters either brand new that are ridiculously cheaper or even secondhand that are ridiculously cheaper yeah and there's another comment three minutes ago and it says from a guy called greg cohen i think it is it says truth is really doesn't matter if it's five thousand dollars or five dollars it's the player and the stroke that do should spend that money on putting lessons and or training aids if they want to get better at putting. Now, I don't disagree. If somebody's going to the shop and saying, I want to get better at putting, I'm going to spend £579 on this putter, chances are they're probably not going to get better at putting. But I don't know if it's the golf industry that have kind of made this thing that everything about performance that is confusing consumers. But in order to Greg points, I don't think that consumer's buying it to get better at putting. They're buying it because it's like a piece of jewellery. Yeah, because they want to feel good. Exactly. They might even buy it for a collector's item. Exactly. You know, this this is celebrating the 22 years of this putter being out. It's almost a bit of a collector's item yeah, to some sure. degree. I mean, it's, they're not rare, but, you know, they might they might have the original one of these from 22 years ago or something similar. Because I've got a similar putter to this that I bought or inherited, let's say, a few years prior to this which i've had refurbished you might want to buy the new one just to because you might hang it in your office 
I've got an interesting point then. Why does nobody talk about that Slazenger putter at £11 and say how cheap golf is? Why is nobody using... Why, why? So let's just say, again, not for one second calling out Greg, it's a great comment and thanks so much for joining the conversation and also, obviously, Josh earlier on who started the conversation. I'd love to know what putter they use. If they use anything over £11, why, my argument could be to them, well, why have you spent £100 on the putter? Why haven't I bought one for £11, spent £80 on putting lessons? You know, where do we draw the line? Is it okay to have an Odyssey that's 150 Is that reasonable? You know, why not? Why not buy one for £11 and go and have a proper lesson? Why? Yeah. I, I feel a video idea coming on. Yeah. Here. I do. Well, that's it. I mean... I feel like we could we could definitely... I feel like putters you could test as well. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like we could get it in the hands of a load of golfers, super expensive versus super cheap, and see what actually comes out on top. I feel like golfers... And, and then I, give them the option at the end, which one do they want for free? Yeah, exactly. So I know I which one they yeah, pick. Exactly. I think as golfers, and I think we have this problem to some degree, we have price points in our mind that we can kind of deal with. So for example, 350 for a driver seems okay. Anything more than that seems too dear. Anything less than that, we kind of think, oh, it must be inferior product. I think with putters at now, £200 kind of feels about right. Anything below that, mm, not bad, but anything above that seems ridiculous. But... What, who made up those price points? Why is a putter at £11 no good? Yeah. Like, it obviously works as a putter. It's like, it will still get the ball in the hole if you have got a good stroke and a good technique. But yet, I can guarantee no one that's coming on this post uses an £11 Slazenger putter. Well, yeah, why not? Exactly. I, th- I think the only thing with this, you know, like, I think you definitely touched on it before with super expensive Scotty Cameron putters, let's say. I don't think Scotty Cameron massively does it, but they never really bash on about how the fact it's going to make you a better putter no like it doesn't actually say on this not that i know it'll tell you everything about the putter so it's you know milled it's got weight system it's this it's that it's easy to align but actually i don't believe and i might be mistaken in this but it never says you will hold more putts no and and that's oh like that's okay you know people know that they're gonna going back to that point is it killing golf well i'd like to think that somebody who's new to golf um or even if they have been established to golf. If they've been established, they'll know that Scotty Cameron's make expensive putters and that's fine. If they are new to golf, I'd also like to think that same retail site that they've stumbled across also shows that, like, say, you're cheaper putters mm-hmm. and you and the, the you know, switched-on people would go, okay, that's out the ordinary. That's expensive. But I don't need to buy that at all. Another point as well. I think golf gets this perception of being expensive and things almost feel that's a lot of it is within the golf industry yeah, exactly so for example we talked earlier about darts most people in the uk if you want a dart board you'll head to amazon you might need to sports direct i think a lot of people in the uk who might go to driving range once and quite enjoy it who say you know what i want to buy a few clubs and this is absolutely no plug whatsoever for sports direct but the chances are they head into sports direct it's a retailer in the uk that sells every sport you can think of and it's very very cheap so as we've said then, there's a putter for £11. You can buy a driver for £20 that we bought one yeah, for. Yeah, we did a video yeah. on. We bought a full pack, well, a half package set for £90 or £70 it was. So what I'm getting to is that golfer or that new golfer can be watching the Masters, can get inspired, can watch a bit of YouTube or whatever, go to Sports Direct, spend £20 and now have their very own golf club or even a set for £70. Then go to the driving range at Trafford down the road. They spend £5, £6 on 50, 60, 100 balls, hit some balls, that's not expensive. Then they decide to go and play on a golf course locally. Now, they're not going to go and play on somewhere really exclusive and expensive because they're not going to want to spend Just that money. Find a, find a muni. that might be £10 to play 18 holes or £15. 
where there isn't a very relaxed dress code. They might even put their own polo shirt on or trainers or whatever. Well, that's it now as well. With tr- you can wear trainers exactly. pretty much. So now. Golf shoes are becoming trainers. I, only, I sound silly, but I think golf is expensive for golfers that are bothered about spending money, if they want to spend money. If you just want to go out and play golf and enjoy the sport, it doesn't have to be expensive. And it annoys me when people constantly say it's so expensive because... It's only the guys that want the latest gear that are moaning about it being expensive. Yeah, they want they want to make it expensive. Yeah, they almost want to feel like they're spending a lot of money on it. Or they or they want to buy the new Titleist Drive, but only want it to be two hundred pound. Yeah, like can't have it both ways. Can yeah, you exactly. Uh, there was another post I actually saw in the group, and we, we spotted this before. But there's no way. Uh, change your mind. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is this is one that we can't even discuss. Josh Calhoff, who is a new member, thanks so much for joining, Josh. Uh, there's a YouTube channel. Do you know what the guy's, what's the guy's name from that channel? I'll find it now. Um, there's a channel where, um, it's really, it's really interesting actually, if you ever want to look at it, it's called change my mind, like channel. I don't don't actually know what it's called the channel. Um. Anyway, he goes to universities in America and he sits outside a university and puts a, a controversial statement on front of his table. So it might be the fact he did one where it's like, um, there, there are only two genders, change my mind steve crowder is called steve crowder it's quite political isn't it yeah it's quite political or, or topical or, and like you know you might put donald trump is the best president change my mind yeah whatever someone's this josh has either cropped it up or someone tiger woods greatest golfer of all time change my mind <laughs> your mind doesn't need changing your mind is made perfect there is no way that there's any way we can even address that? I think I'm only... gonna try. Even though you, you know, you know my feelings on Tigers. This is just pure taking the, entertainment. Yeah, but he's not won as many majors as Jack Nicholas, has he? He's not. So how? Why is he any better than Jack Nicholas? What do we? What do we rate golfers on majors? So you'd say that Tiger's better than Rory? Oh, that's the one thing at the end. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not disagreeing. That's the one last thing. If he gets surpasses Jack Nicholas major record he will then be undoubtedly the greatest golfer that's ever walked the planet but he's not at the moment then he's currently well, he's not is he currently he's not so what was that change of mind topic tiger was the best golfer ever was it yeah so he's not then <laughs> until he beats 19 majors yeah so yeah but okay <laughs> I didn't think this would even be a conversation. No, it, it's it. not. I, obviously, Tiger's my favourite golfer ever, but I just mean what, how we measure it. If you measure it off majors, then he isn't, is he? No. I think if you're measuring it off, well, that's the only thing you can measure it off. The, the, only, the only thing that, obviously, this is never going to happen, but they were never pitched against each other, no. and that was the hardest challenge, where majors in the past, there's no doubt in Jack Nicklaus is un, unreal, and the, the majors he won were undoubtedly incredible. Um, it was at a different time. Did he almost have harder rivals? Uh, not sure. With Arnie? Not sure. Just seen a new Gary badge, player. by the way. Visual storyteller badge. Oh, nice. Shane, Shane Stewart's got that. I think as well, with, with people like golfers or like football players, it's very much down to the era that you live in. So, for example, anybody growing up now is going to probably forever say that either Messi or Ronaldo is the best player to ever live. Whereas my dad is adamant that George Best is the best player to ever live, or people might say Pele or Maradona. So the never, or, you know, you could do it with boxing. You could, you could be saying that Tyson Fury is one of the best. Obviously, people would say Mike Tyson. It, it depends on Muhammad Ali. Obviously, what, what era you're in. I wonder what's going to happen in 
20 years when someone does finally come to the mantle Mm -hmm. and, you know, makes us think. The only thing you can go on is Majors 1, isn't it, really? Yeah. And although I do think Tiger's the best ever, if someone said to me, well, why? I can't really answer that. Because at the moment, he's only, is he only tied Sneed's record for PJ wins as well? And that's very think, controversial. Yeah. Um, we'll have to see. I think that's few years is going to be the the last bit. It would, it'd be nice just to get the icing on the cake mm. of him having the most majors then and winning the most PJ Tour done, events. It? And it's done. Then it's done. It's done. It's done. Anyway, I thought it was just a... I thought it was going to be a quick... No, I did. Over. But actually, when you think about it, although I do think Tiger's the best and my favourite... How can you argue with major wins, I suppose? Well, you can't. You can't. Okay, let's fire through some Q&As. I'm going to jump... I'll get Instagram story up. Uh, Favourite club in the bag currently? This is from Nick. Uh, Driver, still. F9. Um, How did you rate the President's Cup? This is from Jack Woolley. I enjoyed it more than I expected to, and I watched a lot of it in social media, but I wouldn't have sat there and watched all of it as I would have done the Ryder Cup. So I, I had no massive interest. I, I wanted Team USA to win because of Tiger. That's it. Um, Matt Fryer. <laughs> he always asks questions. If you had to choose between filming with Tiger or a vlogger at Augusta, which which one is it? Play with Jack Nicholas <laughs> <laughs> At Pebble. Um, oh, God. Filming with Tiger or a vlogger at Augusta? I'm not doing both. Um, <laughs> I would get more views <laughs> I'd, I'd say I'd if it was me Tiger, Tiger yeah, I'd, I'd say Tiger I, I would be excited about playing Augusta I would be nervous about filming with Tiger but I'm imagine excited. playing with Tiger and suddenly becomes best friends and he goes so what is it you do Rick oh I do golf YouTube well, let me watch that oh this is really good I'm going to subscribe next thing he's on the podcast he's here every week playing darts <laughs> <laughs> what, could a happen. what a world we could live in um, is it cold because you look cold? I posted a picture on Instagram story. It's pretty cold in the UK at the moment. Uh, when did you start playing golf? I was 11. Um, do I study at levels or... I don't know what that means. Uh, what la- what loft are you using? You drive a 9.5. Um, weirdest thing you've seen on a golf course? Hmm. My dad killed a bird once. Did he? Yeah, he hit this in really... Flight. Yeah, he hit like a really low, thin um, tee shot. I had a bit of ball speed on it. Um, and like, it's a swallow that go literally about two foot above the floor. And it just literally... It swallowed it. Yeah, it just killed it there. And then it was... I was only about 10. Scarred me for life. I've got to have seen some crazy things on the golf course. There's certain shots. That, there's that one time in Abu Dhabi when it hit the flag twice, the same flag twice, yeah. which was mad. But that was like... The wrong flag. <laughs> <laughs> it was online with where I was going to. Um, um, I feel like we don't have anything... Um, I'm struggling. Is there anything that I've seen when I've been with you? I've seen loads of holding ones, which is mad. We'll stop recording this. We'll think of loads of stuff then. I we'll have I've seen about, I reckon I've seen about 11 or 12 holding ones, which are cr- I love watching, obviously seeing holding ones. But um... I've got a good one on Facebook. It's quite a long-winded one. But Anthony Warwick's put, um, he's basically said that he's asked other people, other golf YouTubers have not answered it, but I'm sure they just haven't seen his question. But basically he's saying, if game-improvement irons are so forgiving, etc., etc., and give you lots of confidence, then why don't the pros used to play them? He then goes on to say, if competition is so fierce, why do you use a club that is not comfortable to look at and unforgiving? Um, it's got the last, least margin for error, etc. It can't just be looks, surely. 
I'd like to know why the pros choose this over other options. It's quite a long question, quite in-depth. Um, what do they gain over a game improvement iron, etc., um, etc.? Et so it's quite a long-winded question, but he's essentially saying why do they choose blades over more forgiving irons if they've got so obviously money to play for and world ranking points and majors etc etc yeah I, I definitely think Lux is one mm-hmm. but I think number two is they want consistent yeah. golf clubs you know with forgiving irons they are forgiving without question off centred hits but sometimes you can actually hit them out the centre and they can fly too mm-hmm. far you know they'll take not the spin off and suddenly you're hitting it 10 yards too far there's no there's no control element I'd go a little bit against the old cliche now that blades were easier to shape. I do believe they are, yeah. but I also believe that um, more forgiving irons are easier to shape as well. You know, uh, I think this. I think there's three combinations. Here we go. This, these are what they are. They want consistency of distance. Mm-hmm. So that's number one con- um, bonus of having bladed yeah. clubs. They want lots of spin. So with bladed clubs, you can often create a lot more spin with because a lot more loft on the golf club, um, and therefore you can get the center of gravity further down. The, the you know you can just fine tune the blades a little bit more. They're a bit more forged. You can make the grooves a little bit you know more precise, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And a third point, as much as yes, I understand you saying they're playing for the best you know money in the world and all this. They want a club they like the look of. Yeah, I think that's no, that is I agree. Comes into I think it so much and touches on what we talked about earlier. Something a lot of people forget about here, and you might see this change in the coming years. But a lot of the players grew up playing with blades. So certainly the older players and you know Tiger etc. They grew up playing with blades, got to an incredibly good standard of golf, and they might not want to change that. I think sometimes they actually admit and are open, say, look, I've, I've actually tried out a set of cavities from whatever brand I'm using. I've gained a mile an hour ball speed, etc. but it's what I'm used to, and yeah. that makes sense. They, they don't like the, the sound of it, the look exactly. of it, whatever it and, and also, to Anthony's point, and this is something maybe a wider golf industry, golf industry point, but I'd like him to define what game improvement means because everybody uses game improvement irons, but... A, a really the, chunky forgi- the game? Well, a chunky forgiving iron wouldn't improve Tiger's game, would it? Started in flyers, he wouldn't be able to land the ball in the green. He wouldn't like it out of the rough. He wouldn't like it out of the fairway bunkers. because there'd be too much bounce, etc. So, I think the golf industry has come up with this this phrase of game improvement iron. But I defy would anybody buy a golf club that wouldn't improve the game. So, I'd call them distance irons as opposed to to game improvement irons. And that also that kind of question answers itself. Why would Target's distance iron doesn't really need to use any no. more distance? No, they w- they want to be precise with the distances exactly. as opposed. So it, to all, it should almost be like it shouldn't be called game improvement irons because that then inc- it, it, it implies that blades aren't going to improve your game. But for some golfers, they clearly do yeah, improve the definitely. game. Uh, question on Twitter, and I think this is a good one. Harry Walker, do you find hitting off driving range mats misleading? I feel there's a lot of forgiveness. I'd agree. Mm. I think players who hit off driving range mats a lot as soon as they get onto a grass driving range, it, I, I get it. I hit driving range mats all the time. As soon as they get onto a perfectly precise um, grass driving range, if I'm uh, you know playing in a pro arm or I'm out in um, uh, for you know foreign country. It takes me a while to get used to it. I don't like it at first. I feel like I fat everything for, mm. for, for about five minutes. Um, yeah, so definitely, um, if you can practice off grass, it's better, but it's not always achievable. I say it was quite good, actually. Do you remember the conversation we had in the podcast about, I asked you, what would you like to be a member of a club that was like a six out of ten with a really good clubhouse oh, or whatever? Yeah. Somebody actually asked that on the, the podcast group. And as I'm saying this, I think I'm going to probably struggle to find it. But it was really good to see people taking our conversation and discussions and asking it to each other. From what I remember, the one that won, and I understand why, was people would prefer to be a member of a good club 
with not maybe so good a clubhouse, um, which does make sense. But one thing I'd, I was going to add on, but I didn't in the end, was if it was a really good club, the clubhouse was poor or, you know, a, a decent course where you had a clubhouse with, like, indoor simulators that you can rent with GC quad in there, etc. Like, there's there's a lot to it, and I thought typically we'll go hand-in-hand. Hand. A good club's going to have a good clubhouse. But there's a lot of different elements to a golf course, and, um, like, practice facilities as well is a, is a massive one. It's hard to think of a golf course that's got it all around here. There's there's yeah. some that have got one, not the other. Yeah. Um, but there is certainly some venues across the country that have got, got it all. Yeah. I, I want... A, an old established golf course with a super modern yeah. management and um, infrastructure around it. So really traditional course that's super established, that is, you know, amazing in the winter, really dry, super tough, but also quite fair. And then a clubhouse that is super modern with all the mod cons and yeah. everything you want from it. A, a bit maybe Carnoustie. I was just going to say Carnoustie, you took the words out of my mouth. The a bit new Carnoustie, the new clubhouse there, very Ridiculous. modern, you know, simulators for days, um, practice facilities, un- incredible, really established golf course, um, hotel, you know, you feel like you yeah. can walk around there with your mobile phone, you're not going to get shouted at for changing your shoes in the car park, I don't think. No. Um, and an amazing golf course. I just think it would be almost too te- too tough of a test if you played it every single week. Which yeah. I wouldn't enjoy. And the downside is those places typically going to spend a lot to be a member at. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, any more firing in? Um, there is. I've just gone off. Let me have a look at Twitter because we've, we've neglected Twitter a little bit. No, I had a quick look. How did no, you? I didn't, didn't have as as many on Twitter. Uh, in fact, I've got a few more on on IG. IGT, uh, this is quite a good one. Yeah. Instagram. If you had to be signed to a manufacturer for five years, who would you go with? I was avoiding that question. <laughs> That's why I've asked it. Um, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, it's really tough. What it's, I think from a plane, from obviously from your point of view as a as a YouTube reviewer, we just know that's never going to happen. So it, there's no point answering it because you never would. As a player, does it in a, in a weird way? Does it matter for a player massively? If I was a player signed to Callaway, they're going to make me my irons perfect. The drivers are obviously really good. The wedges are good, etc. If I was signed to Titleist, same again. I think for that elite level, does it make much difference, really? I think at the top of the top, when you are so well-known, Brooks Kepka could walk into Callaway's tour truck and say, make me a Callaway driver. Yeah. I want to use a car-. And they will drop everything and make Brooks Kepka Move a Callaway the driver. Around the CG exit. Yeah. If you are a bit more of a, an unknown pro out on tour, yeah. and you can't just walk into Taylor Maiden and say, I want a set of irons, because they'll it's go, true. well, who are you? Like, I'm not being funny. We've got DJ, yeah, Rory, yeah. everyone else to deal with. So, And I'm not saying that's... I'm, I use two different companies there, but it would be the same thing. For me, I'm not as bothered, you know, if I had to. I think the only, the one thing you'd look at is which brand potentially makes the most, uh, the best at every category or uh, top of every category. And it's sometimes hard to look past Titleist for that. Mm -hmm. You know, they make great woods, they make great irons, great ball, great wedges, great putters, 580 pound Scotty Cameron putter, that'll Mm -hmm. do nicely. Um, But then, all of the brand, every other brand is getting, you know, you maybe wouldn't go for a brand that didn't make great, you know, if there was, I'm trying to think of an example, Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So I like the woods, like the wedges, but I can't think of a set of Cleveland irons I would use right now because they're kind of more forgiving irons, aren't they? Yeah. Same improvement. Yeah. <laughs> Distance irons. Um, anyway, see what happens. As someone's asking Twitter, does your son have clubs yet? No, he's only one. Soon. My daughters do. Um, how do you, oh, I've answered that one. Uh, I think we're done. 
What YouTube goals do you want to hit in 2020? A million subscribers, please. Nice. If I could, uh, if I could ask anything for 2020, a million subscribers. We're on 706,000 now. Doable. It's going to be tight. So if uh, everybody can subscribe again, that'd be great. Thank you. Also, we really need people to be, if you're on Apple in particular, to be reviewing the podcast, leaving a comment if you can. So it's at the bottom uh, of the page. So when you go onto the, the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, it's got all the episodes. If you scroll to the bottom, it'll ask you to leave a, a, a review out of five stars. So obviously five stars would be fantastic. And a, a comment. Weirdly, I think if you leave a comment, it sometimes looks like it's not worked and it takes a few days for it to process. I may have left a review myself, so that's maybe how I know. Give it five stars, obviously. Obviously. Um, so that would be really good. And I think maybe what we could do, I'm going to call this out now, Rick, why don't we have a little mini little giveaway for our loyal fans? So if you can review it for us and send us a screenshot on any of the social platforms, we'll put those all together and maybe look at some little giveaways. If you are not on... I've got, um, I've got a pencil I can give away. <laughs> if you're not on Apple and using Spotify, one of the platforms that maybe doesn't let you do a review, how about you share the podcast in one of your group chats or to a friend and screenshot us that and then we will put you into the draw. Ooh, I think you get extra points if you do that. If you put it into your golf group chat and send us a screenshot and say, you boys or girls, listen, listen to, to this. guys, you have to listen to it. We will put you into a draw for something really good. And then lastly, also on giveaways, we've got, at the moment, a giveaway running on our four main social media platforms. So on Instagram, you can win a SC driver. No, you can't. That's YouTube. TS, so, TS driver. Yeah, TS driver on Instagram. So head to the Instagram page of obviously Rick Shields PJ. You'll see a picture of Rick. Follow the instructions on there. It's really easy. On YouTube community. So if you go onto the YouTube channel, there's a button at the top that says community. Click on that. You have to scroll down a little bit. You'll see a picture. You can win an SC driver. Twitter, we have got the ping driver. That's really easy to enter again. And then on Facebook, there is a tailor-made wedges. There's three wedges. You can choose any degrees, any um, color, etc. And obviously, all this product is brand new. can include a fitting if you want a fitting, etc. So obviously, not everybody's on every social platform, but there should be something there that everybody can enter. And the giveaway is going to be drawn on the 26th of this month, so a couple of days after you listen to this podcast on Boxing Day. Boxing Day. So, guys, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it. As guys said, make sure you leave us a like and a, uh, a review. And uh, we shall see you next Monday. Will we? Yeah, I think we should yeah, be able to squeeze one in, should we? That's the 30th, so New Year's Eve Eve. Yeah, we'll do one for them. Might be a bit late. Um, enjoy, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks so much for listening. And we shall see you very soon. 